are all here self-selected, right? So there's, I guess, immediately for me, there's something that tells me there is a healthy drive inside of all of you to want to talk about things that have been going on in your life, right? Like, it's, it's quite a big thing to put yourself forward to do this, and I, I recognise that, but it, it also speaks to me that there's something really healthy inside of you that wants to talk, wants to share, wants to connect. And so I wonder where the group wants to begin. That's one of the main things that I take away from it is like you've just got to try and build a better, a bigger array of tools that when you are in those stress states or angry or nihilistic or grieving or anything like that, you've, you've got something to, to understand that you, you can make yourself safe yeah. um, and it'll be okay. I mean, like the doctors have always said, right, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? Exercise. Like I was always like from 21, 22, you know, I always ate pretty well I was in the gym exercising um, and I enjoyed my sleep so I wasn't I was always pretty much sleep I like I'm a man of uh, routine so I like my routine yeah. so all of those things I've pretty much had on lock and obviously coping wise it was like drinking because I mean what that's kind of what we do we don't really know of anything else mm. and there wasn't I didn't feel like there was support available or I didn't know of it so, I mean, what else am I supposed to do? I did a bit of like traveling and stuff, but that was more of like escape than... Yeah, geographical distance yeah, between... Because people. home felt like that's where bad stuff was happening. So if I wasn't there, things felt good. And then you come back and it's like, oh, we're back here again. Yeah. And then I don't think it was until, well, in 2019, when we had our first DRM event, actually, um, after that, again, things got quite like, I got quite overwhelmed with, with things and I ended up um, in like Oakwood which is a day hospital so you basically get admitted to there um, and then it's like a I think it was like a month program so you turn up every day you get driven there and just you're able to talk with like therapists and able to sort out medication you kind of go to like classes talking about roles and your feelings and things like that and I feel like that was the start of things starting to change mm -hmm. because I was able to just kind of reset things um, and kind of make a bit of a plan to move forward. Because um, I'd always kind of said, I, I want like therapy, talking therapy is what I thought was going to work for me. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, oh, these are the kind of steps you need to go through to get there. So the support, I'm in, in there, in the support, and I'm asking, telling them what I need and then I think it was what were we in 23. So 2021, I started doing some like a compassion-focused therapy, and that was just working on like the negative kind of feelings and emotions that that inside me that come out when when things happen. And when you just, say when things happen, though, I just want to can we just pin it down a bit more because I'm hearing you say something went well with DRM, right? Mm. And then something was going well before with Erin. And like, are you making any connections between what, what directly is before these, you know, the dip in the mood or the thoughts about then taking your own life? Mm. Do you have a sense of any kind of connection between the two of them? Uh, not at this point, I don't think. Things are still, like I haven't actually dealt with or spoke to anyone about anything. I'm still just kind of working things out on my own. Um, 
trying to do like the bare minimum that I know, like exercising and things like that, but not dealing with, I guess, the root problem. Um, and then I think therapy was when that that started to happen. So, um, like, I call, call him the Colonel, I suppose. So he's the the person that like bullies me okay. when those kind of negative emotions come up. Mm -hmm. So, like, not feeling good enough, I guess. Perfectionism. If I'm not doing something and it's not perfect, then mm -hmm. although there's there's someone shouting at me in my head, like, oh, you're not good enough. It's just only negative stuff, mm -hmm. and that's obviously what led to having suicidal thoughts and things like that, because it was proper on me, proper negative. But do you know why? So the bit I'm, I'm wondering mm. about, because I think suicide can feel such a scary topic, right? Like we hear that word and it feels really heavy. And I think often then we or other people close down the, the conversation, right? We might say like, don't do anything like that, right? It's mm. the kind of natural response. And actually, I think sometimes there can be a part that is saying, I can't go on living this way, right? And you've all talked about living a facade or not being authentic. And so maybe we're thinking about that part that needs to die, right? You know, the part of you that was saying, actually, I'm numb. I'm not living, right? So maybe there is a part of you that's saying that part needs to die off, actually. And not, not you needing to die, but this part of this existence mm. needs to die, right? In order for me to really live, that part does need to go. And I think at times then, when we hear the word suicide, though, it feels so heavy. Uh, I, I think I mentioned when you were talking, John, about your friend, and I was saying, um, with the words of kind of uh, suicide, people get quite scared about saying the wrong thing or, but it's actually about, it's the question which is, what is the unbearable pain, right? What is the unbearable pain that feels like we can't bear it any longer and that's why it's a solution, yeah. And the bit that I guess I'm curious about is you say, on the two occasions where things got more difficult, mm. right? I don't know whether you're saying both times there were suicidal thoughts, once you, you acted on, mm. the second time you went to Oakwood, right? Mm. Actually, what's the trigger? Because in a way, throughout the two years leading up to that, after your brother's death, you didn't. And then something happened and you do. And then again, something happens with DRM, mm. and then actually you go, down right mm. and so I'm curious about what your understanding of that is yeah I think I was able to I think in the first instance that was always felt like that was always going to happen it was leading up to that like it was inevitable yeah I, I just felt like worthless and like no one wants me here like that those, those sort of feelings and like I'm not good enough whatever it was so it's like that was the only option for that in that sense and like obviously there was a part of me as well being like oh, I can't live without my brother as well, so like maybe by me taking my life, like I'll get to see him again mm -hmm. in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. Be reunited, kind mm. of join him in this, yeah. Because I said it sounded like a part of you died, and you said no. You corrected me. You said it felt like all of me died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this part of you that we spoke about identification in our last session, the part of you that identified with him. Right, the, the desire to no longer be here, not feeling like it, life was worth it, or feeling as though... Because I'm not hearing you say other people made those comments to you about not wanting you here, well, unless they did. No. No, no. But it was something for it's you. All, it was all internal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So the part of you maybe that you said, I didn't grieve him, but actually part of you identified with him, right? Like actually the grief um, didn't allow you to really let him go. Mm. The part of you that was holding on to him, the idea you might reunite. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And then the second time, what then happened? You said we had this event, DRM. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I'd been away as well, doing a bit of traveling, like in the interim, like loads of things happened. It was just like, again, a roller coaster of not being able to deal with certain things. But I think like the people around me, like at, whether it was at work or my family, they were aware that, now they were aware that things, how low things had got. Mm -hmm. So they were a lot more supportive and trying to, you know, help help me get through that. But I still hadn't dealt with anything of the things I was feeling, and I just felt like I needed some support. I didn't I didn't really know what that was. Mm -hmm. So I was, it, I was still as I was before, really. So it's, the feelings were still the same. Yeah. It was just it was just confusing in in that sense because like like, like people were still trying to support me, which was great. But I just felt like that wasn't what I was maybe looking for. It was nice to have their support, but I needed help to deal with something that I didn't know what it was yet. Mm. 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 I'm wondering about the other guys and John particularly, because I'm mindful that you obviously spoke about losing your friend and yeah. I, I don't know whether the circumstances you're aware of, but I'm just wondering what's, what's kind of being brought up for all of you. It's brought up for me. Um, so I've got a friend um, which I'd probably say is one of the more vulnerable in our kind of group of friends, kind of fluctuates around. So like he's always very happy when you see him. We was out on on my birthday. I knew, and we had a good chat, like heart to heart on the night. And he was saying like he was really struggling, um, like a lot of kind of worrying things, if you will. Um, but we had a good chat, and then the following morning, then we all stayed at like my brother-in-law's, and. Um, he was like, oh, I could have come back to yours for a bit. On this, this is on the Sunday morning. And I, was, I, had, I had stuff on and uh, I was going out with Molly and stuff. I was like, oh, it's probably not, got, probably not the best time. We've got to go out. Um, so we, well, one of the other lads dropped him back up. He lives up by Manchester and um, didn't speak to him then for the rest of the day. And I kind of thought, I was like, is that like a bit of a, like a cry to kind of come and have a chat sort of thing? And I felt, felt really shit about it. And then it was like Monday afternoon and one of the other lads who's close to us asked, anyone got hold of him? I haven't been to speak to him all day. And his phone was off, none of the messages were delivering. And I like proper like lost it. I was thinking like, Jesus Christ, something's happened. Just kept texting him and all kind of like flashbacks, um, trying to ring his company, his work, wasn't answering the phone. And it turned out it was, it was absolutely fine. Just turned his phone off. Um, like two hours later, it was fine. But it just kind of, made, I'd like such a wave of guilt for kind of probably not, in my head, not kind of giving him enough kind of attention and support to the thought, like, if something had happened then, like, I, just, I don't know, it just made me, like, really, like, worrying and anxious about it, really. Mm. As though it were, like, your fault, a little bit like you were saying with your brother, like, this guilt that you were... It's kind of... I don't... I don't find it such, like, a... like a, a strange subject with it, because you're... Look, you're living your life, right? So that's yeah. that's your life, and, like... You've, it's like the responsibility to to kind of pull yourself pull yourself up out of the situation. So I'm not saying that like I don't feel like that or 
because um, at times when you know there's been times where you're like oh, if I wasn't here would it be that bad like we've all probably I'm not saying we've all I'll say myself like um, have been like what if I just wasn't there I'm just a bit it's, it's just dumb but then I see it as my like allowed myself to understand that I feel like that um, but it's not an option for me so it's my responsibility to, to pull myself back up and go back to my toolkit and go right okay I need to go and speak to someone I need to go and do this so be patient with myself and I think when you know people you know like that that guilt about you're just living your normal life but maybe this person hasn't gone and gone back to their toolkit and gone back to their things to pull themselves up out of their life it's that bit where you like what's the balance between worrying about someone all the time and then what's the individual responsibility mm -hmm. to, for them to go and make sure that they're safe and here. And you, that's, I think that's where the, a bit of the battle with it goes is because it's at what point is too much, too much on either side? Mm -hmm. At what point are you pushing someone away and letting them deal with in silence? And then the other side of it, at, at what point is it their personal responsibility to pull themselves up out of the situation mm -hmm. or, or find a way of, of 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 making themselves better and you kind of get stuck in that it's flipping between those two feelings well we started off by talking about knowing it, your needs right and actually the maybe the personal responsibility bit is what you're speaking to of i know i need to speak to someone right it sounded yeah. like you said i know i need to go and now speak to someone yeah and then being able to communicate clearly right actually john this is why i want to come back with you because i am feeling that I can't keep myself safe or, you know, but actually it sounds like you're left in this guessing state, doubting state. Mm. And I, I wonder, is this, this example with your friend, is it following the death of your friend? It's definitely, it's, it's yeah, off so the it's, back of that, that's, yeah. but it's, it was more like frustration. So it's, I don't, I don't know whether he actually, like he's absolutely fine now, we do chat all the time, mm -hmm. but I don't know whether that morning it was just, with a bit of a cry for help or if it was just just a general like looking back to yours for a little bit mm. but I was just more frustrated at myself that in that moment it didn't cross my mind it wasn't a case of me thinking oh he wants to come and have a chat I can't be bothered it was kind of just uh, the fact that I didn't even think about it and I was just like oh I've got I've got stuff on so it's probably not the best time mm -hmm. and then it would have been like if something had happened that I'd been like why the fuck didn't what, what was I thinking but is that what you're saying about the like the person being able to say look like, I'm really struggling, I need to come and see you. Mm. And then you'd be able to make a better assessment mm. of what that yeah. is, as opposed to... So you didn't fob him off. You yeah. Just, like, he just said to kind of come to yours. Yeah. You, know what you, you don't know what he wants to do. And it probably is me, probably, like, overthinking it, because... Because you've had a really yeah, close Yeah, but I can't help but do that. Yeah, well, the, the part of you that doesn't want it to happen yeah. again. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I feel like I'd definitely use that now to... going forward, if... if Always. I'd at least have a chat with them before saying, oh, yeah. I've just got something on, I'd be like, is everything okay? Like, blah, blah, blah. I feel it? like you've got a stronger relationship now. Yeah, yeah. Because of the things that have gone on. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Even if you can't. So, like, if, if there's other people that have reached out to me that have been kind of really struggling, but at that moment, the needs of my life, uh, I, I can't be there in that second. It has taught me on the other side of that that I can't be there then, but what I can do is... Um, I'll, I'll give them an alternative mm -hmm. like yeah. date and it will be something like I can't I can't meet you now however I'll, I'll, I'll come and see you in two days mm -hmm. I'll be there in two days so let's go and grab a coffee let's go yeah, for a yeah. walk and then it's 
always that little bit of, especially when people are really, really low, is that extra bit of, oh, I've got something in the diary that I need to be. And you can, you can see, you know, like pulling them out a little bit. That's pretty big for you because you've said before about this need to kind of please others and actually what I hear you say there is actually I'm setting a healthy boundary. Like I can't do it right now because I've got something going on for me and I do still want to see you, right? Yeah. So that's pretty big. It's not you just discarding all of the things that are important to you. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, well, I think, like, you don't want other people to feel uncomfortable, right? In that, in that moment, you don't want them to feel rejected, you don't. But actually, like, you need to go and do whatever you need right. to go and do. But you can also... I think it's a, a more mature way of doing it. You're just going, I'm going to make space for you at, at this time once I've completed the things. You don't get any resentment. You don't get any kind of um, negative feelings. You're like, no, I'm here. I'm all in. I'm present with you. Um, and of course, yeah, there's always the bit when you when you say stuff like that, you're like, God, am I being selfish? Like, am I not there for the other people? But actually, uh, as I said, like the, the template, you're shifting your template into a better blueprint for other people, mm -hmm. I, I feel, and it works. It, it makes me feel more comfortable in my own life to, to do that. Yeah, um, to have healthy boundaries around yourself, your time, your energy, yeah. and also to be present and available for somebody else. Right? You're saying, I'm not going to try and do both. I'll give you all my time, but it'll be two days from now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and especially around the, the, like, the, the suicide topic, like you mentioned, um, I feel sometimes with like parents, there might be, and especially that idea of what it is and the, for them, um, and I can imagine, I don't have children, but I can imagine losing a child is probably the most fearful thing that parents could, could have. Um, but there is like, I'm feeling depressed at the moment. If you were able to say that to a parent, they're like, stop, no, 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 don't do that. Don't like, are you gonna do this? Are you gonna do that? And it, instead of just going, oh, it's okay, like, you feel depressed, okay, you're, you're down, you're sad. Because yeah. who are um, we reassuring? Right? But it's we, them, it's yeah. them, it's their fear of being scared, like their fear of losing that they're actually impiling onto you. So then you feel more like taken in with the extra stuff. And I've seen that if there's people that I've spoken to that have, uh, that have felt that way and they've been like, I can't speak to my parents about it because they just go on like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna solve this, we're gonna do this. And it's kind of denying their experience of being sad and grieving and depressed yeah. and, and all of that when actually you just have faith that the person can actually pull, them, pull themselves out of that and actually ride through the emotion of grief or, or anything, so. Well, you, you, I wonder how that was for you and your mum, right? That uh, two things, exactly what Elliot's just said there, could you even go to your mum with these feelings? Yeah, I think she knew as well. It was like, like I said, with that phone call, we didn't need to say all the information to know what each of them meant. So I feel like we've got that kind of bond so she knew if I was down, I didn't necessarily need to say that, but also I probably wasn't going to say it either. So she just kind of supported me in her own way, whether she would, you know, just spend time with me or, you know, take my mind off something. Mm -hmm. And the same with her, I kind of knew if she was, she was down. So I'd just spend a bit more time with her and things like that. But I don't think we necessarily, well, we definitely didn't speak about it in that sense. It's only a little bit more now that we, we probably do that about your brother or about how you felt? As in, I guess I'm curious, given what Elliot's just said, 
was it ever a possibility to say to your mum, I'm actually having thoughts about suicide, I'm, I don't want to be here? Or did that feel completely off the table, given that you'd lost your mm. brother? Um, I think, to start with, definitely it felt like I couldn't say that. Mm. Whereas, going into the... I said, definitely said to her, like, this sort of second time, like, I need some... Like, I was able to verbalise it a bit more mm. and just say that I need some support. Because mm. things are kind of going... Like, basically, we came up with this kind of numbered thing. Instead of me having to, like, say it, she'd like, oh, how are you? out of five, and if I was like a zero, then it basically meant that those feelings were, it, I didn't need to, let's say it, it was like those feelings are, are there. Yeah. So we kind of we came at it from a different, a different route. And the second thing I wondered, what was it like to see her angry face in the ambulance? Because you laughed, but yeah. that can sometimes, again, you laugh. Yeah, I know. So I wonder what's underneath that laugh. Yeah, definitely guilt, because like you were saying about um, a parent losing their child, to think that obviously she's already lost my brother and then potentially me as well. Mm. Mm. I think it's, I mean, I just want to say thank you for, for sharing that because that's so strong, such a really emotional. Um, but what it does for me is allow me to think if you can be that strong, you come back from, you know, the idea of taking your life and to create what you've created like I know DRM you guys give like 25% back to mind charity is it mm. the events you've done the people you help like I think when we reach the lowest of the low it can only be growth from that it can only come back in a more positive way and you've obviously built something that helps people every single day and um, I've not had suicidal thoughts that I can identify but I definitely hit despair mm. I got to a point where I just did not know where to turn. And I believe the next turn would have been that. Um, and I believe I've come back for a reason and I now have um, direction and service. I think maybe what you might find with DRM is that giving back to a community or giving back to a cause gives me purpose. Mm. And that purpose gives me life and that life gives me energy. Um, but I think people who have been to the very, very worst can create the very, very best. When you've lost everything of the sense of, I don't know what to do anymore, I don't want to be here anymore, you can only build on that. And those people tend to create the most amazing things. So what you've done with the RM is incredible, the charity work you're doing. The fact that you can be, I feel so privileged to hear your story, because I just think you're the strongest guy I've ever met. Simple as, anyone can talk about hitting that low and going through what you've gone through and come and sit with us and talk about it. It's pure strength. And I think the fear that guys have, I can't talk for everybody, but the fear I have is if I talk about it, everyone's going to take the piss and say, oh, you're a bit weak, aren't you? But it's, for me, it's the opposite. What you spoke about now is pure strength to, to bring yourself back and build yourself back up. And yes, it's going to be up and down and up and down. And, but the fact that you're here now is going to benefit so many people and give so many people the chance to develop from and hopefully not have to go through what you've been through. And I hope that gives you some kind of hope and and direction, because that for me just fills me with. If you can do something like that, I want to do something like that. I, I want to give see back. How deeply touched yeah. you are, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Can you let that come through? Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I don't know whether this is feeling, feeling your feelings, because it's much easier for me to feel your feelings than it is to feel mine. Hence the codependency. But um, it's just a notion that people have to get to that point. People. Mm. We as blokes have to get to that point before we do anything about it. And um, 
hopefully there is support out there now. Um, I think this programme itself is testament to talking about it and, you know, hopefully people don't not having to get to the lowest point before they can seek help. But, you know, the help is out there. There is support groups, there's walking groups, there's, you know, clothing brands that give money to charity and, you know, there is stuff out there, but I still think there needs to be more. This conversation needs to happen. This needs to be normalised. Hmm. Well, that, from that, like, when, when I was super, super sad, down, depressed, quite suicidal at uni, had I watched that and, and watched you talk about that, like, I'd have been like, oh, someone else feels, or, or someone else feels exactly yeah. how I feel at the moment. Oh, he's done this, he's done that. Whereas at that point, you we feel alone. I, it was just literally like everyone else out here is drinking one pound VKs and loving life, and I'm in here <laughs> going, this is rubbish. Like, um, and then just, yeah, and then hiding it and hiding it. Uh, so you just, you just even ex explaining that situation there would, you know, if there's a, another person like that at, at uni that's able to watch that, they can realise that you're not alone and that a lot of people do run into these situations where they, where they do feel like that and you can see the other side of it then that you can grow from it so um so yeah so i, I echo nick's sentiments adam do you then i wonder you kind of think yeah i've been it. very quiet <laughs> um yeah I, again i i, I want to thank you for for saying what you've said today um I think I can resonate with John's kind of feeling of, of guilt because uh, I, I lost someone, um, one of my best mates at school, to suicide. Um, it was after school and it was kind of more that I was at, uh, we were at, well, I was at uni. He'd gone off to be in the army and things like that and we lost, we lost connection. Um, and I'd heard that he'd been um, in and out of hospital, he'd been sectioned. I don't know how, but he was in the army, so he escaped. Um, and he, f he found things very funny in terms of, oh, I can escape from this really secure place that I shouldn't be able to escape from. Um, and I think his persona was such that he kind of came across like, like those kind of thoughts were, weren't there, even though he was struggling, those kind of thoughts weren't there. Um, now I can remember, he he, it was in the days of um, was it MSN Messenger? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was never online, but suddenly one day he popped up online, and so I, I chatted away, and we'd arranged um, we'd arranged then to to see each other because um, we were both in the same place at the same time, and. I don't know why, and I, I'm not sure why it was three weeks that we'd arranged this this get together. He said that he was living living the dream, and you know, getting getting back to where he needed to be. And I, and I think I was hearing the stuff that was like, okay, well, three weeks he's going to be he's going to be all right, and we can we can have a chat and things. Um, and it was days after that um, that so my mum got a call. From, from his mum. Um, and it was, yeah, came up to my bedroom and things, told me what had happened. Um, and it yeah, I can resonate with that kind of guilt of why, why was it three weeks? Why, did, why didn't I just 
you know, mm. the next day or, or the, the, the evening when he was online, why didn't I just carry on talking to him or... Um, and it was that, yeah, that, that feeling of, I, I could have done more. At the time, so now it's, I could have done more. Back then I should have done more. So it's kind of, it's, it's changed into a, I guess kind of a, a stronger, I, I could have, you know, that's not kind of blaming myself, mm -hmm. but back then it was very much, I should have, I should have done more to, to prevent that kind of thing. But again, I, I I've gone over it many times, many, many times. Um, and I always come to the conclusion that he didn't let on and it kind of goes, well, you wouldn't, you, you just wouldn't let on. Um, so yeah, it's, but I see again a rise of feelings as soon as you say I should have, right? Mm. That, that's a, that's got a lot attached to it. I see. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. he he could still be here, um, and it's it's a real shame that pe that that people c c can get to a place where they feel that they can't turn to anyone, and even the people that love them the most, they feel that they can't talk to, mm -hmm. um, and they can't get the help that that they so desperately need. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that he'd had some relationship issues and things and he'd, he'd, he'd been bullied at school and things like that. He hadn't got an awful lot of friends and so it kind of makes that feeling of guilt even more because was I the person that could have, you know, turned it round, um, and I'll never know, I'll never know. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's, it's incredible what you've said today, and, it, and if this format goes towards getting other people talking, then, you know, it, you know just mm. preventing that kind of thing, it's, it's, it's great. Mm. I'm struck by the fact that a lot of you are talking about this sense of responsibility, right? That is as though you could have done more and as though reality wouldn't have shown up as reality did, right? That uh, this desire to fight reality, right? Fight what has happened, what is, um, this idea that you should have done more or you could have and, and how we can get in a tussle with that, sometimes all the while avoiding what we're actually feeling about the loss of the person who has gone. Um, and we know, and, and you're speaking about it, and I think, you know, you're, you're feeling it, Nick, that actually this does affect men three times more than it affects women, right? That we know this is a pandemic in and of itself, right? It's the silent pandemic. Mm -hmm. But you're right, because people don't talk about it, and when they do talk about it, they're scared or they're fearful about saying the wrong thing, or they shut down the exploration of, gosh, things must be so bad you're feeling like that, that that's your solution, right? Can we talk about it, right? But actually it's, it is um, so isolating, mm. right? If, if I'm feeling like this and I feel alone and then I can't talk to somebody else about it, now that's double isolation, right? So where do I go with that? Yeah, I, don't, I so there's a couple of other bits that were within it, like, um, so you're the eldest. He, he the eldest. Mm. It was my younger brother, who's probably relatively the same age. Um, and then also on the flip side of that, um, uh, you were saying being the younger brother, then the way that probably I interacted with my younger brother was probably 
Um, like I said before, like super competitive. I'd I'd, I'd want to win. I'd I'd probably make him feel as though that, um, I won uh, a lot of the time. Um, but like I'd uh, I'd make him fit. You know, like and he'd compete. He was just into different things, but yeah. he'd like been pushed into kind of the mainstream things. But um, so yeah. So then you can see it from being the being the older brother and also the effects that you've had on 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 maybe someone's self esteem or, or confidence growing up. Um, I I can't change that, but I can um, take responsibility for it going forwards. Right, because you were a child yourself. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you 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 weigh all those up, and then say if um, say then if it, when I encountered just feeling really shit about loads of stuff, and then all the bits that had kind of happened in in my life then started surfacing up. Um, I was like, where the hell do I go there? Because I've just absorbed like all these different things, um, and then was just completely isolated, and then was and then, yeah, I think it is the the idea that you're struggling with it by yourself, but actually, knowing that so many so many lads that I speak to, or so many people that I speak to, have felt like it, um, or know somebody, or there's been a couple of like a couple of instances around here where people have done it, and yeah, it's just like it's still kind of not there in everyday conversations yet it's this thing that is like lurking in the background all of the time mm -hmm. um well even jeevan you said it lurks in your mind right that it's weak in some way yeah definitely. I'd, like i say thank thank you so much for talking about it because i think if 18 year old jeevan heard this or watched this it'd be a completely different story for me back then there was no tools there was no conversation no one talked so all I had to rely on was like certain music, certain albums. Like I talk about Kid Cudi a lot, but like that's why I got his albums tied on because I just listened to him and then maybe I won't do what I was thinking about doing. But we touched on it in the first episode about me, about school. Mm. Like I lost all identity of myself when I left school because it just got stripped away because got took the piss out because I'm Asian. You know, someone who robbed my phone found like like Indian music for example they would take the piss out of that just constantly so then now it's like actually like who, like I didn't know who I was now the easy option is I just like I just gotta I can't think of it like I just need to leave but I couldn't do it because of my family and then I'm then torn like I'm still here because mm. these guys and I know for a fact that it's gonna hurt them but then like I'm only there for them I'm not here for myself mm. I want to leave um so thankfully I didn't do anything and I don't, like I'd never got to the point where I was like planning or anything like that. But those thoughts did go through my head a lot. And if the kids now can see this and, 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 and understand that, like we've gone through this and there are tools and there are ways of coping with it and it's okay to talk about these things, then 100% then I'm happy to be here every single time. Because that would be a great example of who did the shameful thing, right? Is it the children that take your phone and try to humiliate you? rather than you being the shameful person, right? Yeah, you know, you talked absolutely. about it before, and, and you stripped away your own identity in order to survive, right? You joined in with them. You know, you were really angry about that after you said it. I hate like, myself for it, because I used yeah. to, like, I, yeah, the joke's on me, but then I'll just come in with the joke. Yeah. But then I'm like, then I come home, and I like, obviously from an Asian household, I'm like, I just feel so, like, disrespectful and so yeah. shameful. Because, like, I've done it to survive right. in school. Right. 
but then I've completely shit myself with all my culture and all that. Yeah. So I'm making up for it now, like really getting involved and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like that hurt me for a very long time. Um, and, then, and then I was like, I talked about it last time, I presented the opportunity when I was in hospital working and I was in A&E and, and there's a kid that hung themselves in front of me. I was like, we've got, I did, I was just in my head, I was like, we do whatever we need to do to make sure this kid survives. And I don't remember if he survived or not, because I don't go past that point when they go to ITU, but in myself, I was like, we've got to do what we've got to do. Like, I was prepared to spend all night, if needs be. But that's just me trying to give back those feelings of what I was feeling before. How, how are you feeling today, having shared and heard the reactions and responses from everyone? Oh, good. It's been um, positive, to be fair. Like I said, I've had to kind of touch on some stuff quite a lot over the past, like, nine years. So I don't, I think, have any difficulty, like, talking about it. But obviously it's still difficult and, like, emotional to, uh, to go over those things. Mm-hmm. What's it like to hear the reaction from everyone in terms of though you because i you know i'm kind of got the picture of you feeling at the worst lowest point right and then to be sat here in a group of men and for them to be really holding you up and saying thank you for talking about this how how is that yeah i mean i feel like it might have been difficult like obviously to take the compliments but i'm just taking it in and being feeling like grateful um, to be sat here like talking to these guys and that they've given me the kind of time to, to share as well so mm. it's just it's just so fascinating that we can't I can't say we um, <laughs> talk for everybody um, that I get to my lowest point and the thing that saved me was talking journaling just getting it out, just talking, you know, the more I internalise my, sh- my thing that I feel shameful about or the, the dark secrets I've got, the worse they get. But by talking about it and by sharing it, it's so difficult, mm-hmm. but it gets easier. Mm-hmm. It simply just gets easier. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm guilty of thinking, well, I've done it, why can't other people do it? And I am guilty of that, and that's not the case, because I know that I will struggle with my inner critic, my inner demons for my whole life, okay, it might not be forever, as you picked up earlier, that, that mindset of it's forever yeah. is, is, you know, one of the issues itself, but acceptance that it's going to be difficult for me is, is there. But I can safely say since starting my recovery journey three years ago, I've had more joy, more uh, experience, serenity, whatever you want to call it, from just sitting down meditating, breathing, than I ever had from drinking sex, drugs, partying, travelling, anything. Because... Whilst I never got to the sort of suicidal side of things, I stripped my life right back all the way from everything that was causing me the drama, I was causing drama, and I built, I'm rebuilding it, and I will rebuild it every single day because I'm worth that effort. I'm worth the, the, the push, and everybody's worth that push to, to wake up each day and go, fuck it, you know what, I am worth this. I am going to try, especially when you've been rock bottom, because you've just got to go straight, you've got to build yourself back up and sit in here talking mm. with you guys. I'll have this experience forever, do you know what I mean? And it's like, these kind of experiences are life-changing. Sitting at, you know, in a boozer and getting smashed off my face and then having a hangover for the next two days and then taking drugs and then hating myself, that's not, that's not growth. That's not, that's not life. This is life. This is, this is what it's all about. And I'm just, I'm honestly like, 
so made up from like the power that we've all got of, of what we're talking about and, and having the space to do it. Um, it just feels like anything can be achieved after this, in my opinion, because if we're able to sit here and talk about the hardest things, what else can you do? Yeah. What else can I do? You know, in three years I've come from an alcoholic, drug-taking, codependent, try saying that quick, to, you know, somebody who has a, a, a effect on people's lives. I do service, I, I run recovery meetings, I do charity work, you know. I have an effect on people's lives without even knowing it. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's in three years. Imagine what another three years can do. Yeah. Imagine what three days can do. Like, if you strip it right back to the basics, life can be amazing. Yeah. It just has to, it's just that leaning into those difficult things and growth comes from addressing the really difficult things. And yeah. I think you're a testament to that, that you've addressed it and you're now here. And I've learned so much today just about my reaction to your story and listening to everybody else. It's just, I'm full of gratitude today. Mm. Probably because I'm going on holiday as well tomorrow, but that's me just taking pisses. You've got to want to be able, well, you've got to want it as well. Yeah. Like there's, there comes a point where you have to go, oh, you need to do the work. And I think that it got to a point for me where I was like, I was just sick of feeling like that. And I was like, I need to, I just, I'll do anything to, to stop this from happening. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with, different sorts of support, whether it's friends, family, like professional, working out the best kind of solution. For me, I don't think talking was even, like, I can only talk about it now, we're like nine, this is like nine years on. For me, it was like having some sort of creative outlet. So I started DRM, but at the time it was like photography, just being able to immerse myself in something where I don't need to think, because mm -hmm. that's what was, like you all, we've all kind of stuck with the way that we think. Like you, you, you think the way that you think, and and that's kind of a solid. And for me, that was I couldn't deal with that, like myself, yeah. and what was going on in my head. So by work, by working through it in therapy, and them telling me like, oh, do you know, like this is, this is how you think, and actually kind of challenging me on on those things, I was able to then go, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, you, you got to. You know, this equals this plus this equals this, and this is why things are happening to you. And you're like, oh, actually, yeah, that, make, that makes a bit of sense. And then from that, again, like Elliot was talking about, having that toolkit and just being able to notice when those things come up. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was just saying, like the across across all of us, it's this idea of responsibility, and mm. I think that's the resounding thing. Like we might all have issues with certain bits or things that pop up in our life, but I just say that most most dudes are thirsty for that responsibility. Like, if, if you've got that problem, okay, that's that's the problem, and, and taking the responsibility for it, and to go, right, I haven't got a toolkit, right, I need to go and build a toolkit, or I need to take out external pleasures because that makes me, drives me in that way. Look, it's great, like you see people out in bars, they're loving it, but my responsibility is that I don't interact well with it. So I have to pick up, what is it? Um, we'll have a cross the bear, right? So it's, it's how do we not make a bad situation worse? And I think that that's one thing that's, mm. that's coming off to you. Even when you were saying about, about the, the, the people in school and stuff like that, like once you take that responsibility, you go, look, oh, for yourself, you kind of look at them and go, that's a reflection of them and not me. Um, because you've done the work in the background to, to understand that um, it, it's not actually anything to do with you and should be proud of you. Um, mm. So 
yeah, it's powerful. Mm. Just before we kind of come to an end, I was drawn to the fact that you said <clears throat> sleep, eating, all of that. Actually, I was ticking the boxes on that. And I wondered, I guess the question that was in my mind was, what is it that you wish they'd have asked? You know, if they weren't asking about your sleep, if they weren't asking about how you're eating or exercise, mm. what is it you wish they would have asked? True, good, good point. I don't know, to be honest. I think it, depend, it depended on who, who you were seeing because there were some that had a good relationship and they like booked in repeat appointments so that I was able to check in with them, for just making them feel comfortable because they felt like they were reading off a sheet. It was like, oh, here we go again, going through this. Like, oh, you got your automatic response of, mm. I, know what, I know what they're going to say next mm. is, are you sleeping okay? I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yes, obviously I am, yeah, fine, I'm fine with this, fine with this. And they're just like, oh, like they didn't really know what to do. Yeah. They're just reading off a script. So you go into storytelling mode, right? You know, the yeah. part of you that said, actually, I'm, I'm numb. Mm. I'm just kind of giving them what they want. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to connecting in and checking out, how do yeah. I feel? I was already telling them information that I already knew instead of giving them any new information. And they're just like, well, here's a prescription for antidepressants, you know, we might. I'll either won't see you again or I'll see you in a few weeks. Right. And like you're on this list waiting for extra support. And in the meantime, you've just got to kind of work, like work it out for yourself. Mm. So it's asking questions rather than listening, effectively. Yeah, yeah, just, I guess, th there was a few of them that were useful and it felt like generally they were, they wanted to talk to you. But if that's your first point of call, I don't know, maybe it's changed now, but the kind of options that they have available to tell you about or just, yeah, listening really, I think, mm. to how you feel and not, not that they didn't or brush me off, but it just felt like, like I said, because I've been in there quite a few times, so you're just hearing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So if, for, to me, it just felt like it was like script reading. Mm -hmm. So like, what am I going to share with somebody who is like the same as everybody else? Like, right. offer me something different and then I'll give you something yeah. different. Mm.